Hi everybody and welcome to the first ever live episode of the Endless Sales Podcast and you can tell by my face I'm absolutely buzzing <laughs> and I'm joined by a show regular William. How you doing? I'm alright mate, I'm alright. We flowed with the flu for the weekend but Andrew and the boys are nursing me to health with the good results so we're good, doing good. But you're here and that's what counts. We roll on so to speak and we'll touch upon obviously the first protocol and that's the fur part massacre. We absolutely destroyed Motherwell William. And as we always do, let's give a brief summary of the game. It was fantastic. Pretty much like the Derby game midweek and how we've been going the last few weeks. Uh, uh, flawless, flawless uh, play by the boys. Uh, never looked in any bother. And uh, I think one of these games we're going to give some team an actual real doing. A 7 8 9 now, which is. It's just so exciting to be a Celtic fan at the moment. Super exciting. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable, especially after the, the Derby win. They go into Fir Park, which could be... I mean, it's a difficult venue, let's be honest. We've had some sticky results there before. I think there was one time previously, I think it was around 2011, where we beat Rangers and then went there and we got beat. So it is a, a potential banana skin. But what do you think is the major difference between what we've seen in previous years and this team now? For me, it's... It's the passion, the endeavour, the enthusiasm. The players just want to play for that badge and the support. They're recognising every game. They're clapping after every game. Juranovic, that song, Pitbull and all is getting involved now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fantastic atmosphere all around, isn't it? It really is. And just built that relationship between the fans and, and the club again, which is broken at the tail end of last year, like we touched upon in this podcast on countless occasions. Um they were just relentless going forward. It's it's electric to watch. Some of the guys are have just hit top gear. Abada is just unreal at the moment, unplayable. Um, I, I think the biggest difference for me between now and even the beginning of the season, obviously the squad depth, and we've got if somebody comes out, we've got somebody that's coming in that's just as capable. Uh, there's it's not a drop. It's like when mm-hmm. all these players are coming in and, and they're just as capable as as a person that's dropped out, but. Um, for me, it's defensively. We don't look shaky anymore at the back. We look uh, solid and, and confident. And and I think Ange uh, touched on it today, and he, he said the similar thing. And uh, that, that like, Joe Hart's not needing to be man of the match for us and, and pull off wonderful saves because um, we're pressing that high and we're defending as a unit and as a team, not just the backline. Uh, it's just it's just it's good good life to be a Celtic fan at the moment. It's all really, you know, can't wait every game. Obviously, I next know. game's Aberdeen, which, which we'll touch upon later in the podcast. But we'll have to start with the goals. I think we'll have to start, as you said, with Leo Abada. This guy is on fire. Obviously, he's been a bit inconsistent, which is normal. He's only 20 years old, coming into a new country from Israel. Probably a better standard league than he's used to, more physical. But the last couple of games, he's been absolutely incredible. I think what, what else, like, what helps as well, William, is the quality of player like Atate can pull off they're magnificent balls in front of the face of goal. The keeper can't get it. The defender can't quite defend it. And Abadis does come in from the blind side of the, the left back all the time. And it's he done it Barris says he done it the Motherwell, one of Motherwell's defenders. He's just he's fantastic at the moment, isn't he? Oh, he's on fire. He's so good at that outside in run. Yeah. And it just it's as if he sees the the the, the back, the, the shot number of the fullback, and then all of a sudden, as soon as the fullback turns around, he's in and he's in front of him. And uh, it's so difficult to defend them. And you, like you say, when you've got the likes of Hatati, um, I said that proper, like Scottish VJ, Hatati. 
I'd have to. <laughs> uh, and and you've got players that have got the ability, O'Reilly that have, that have, and Rogic that have got the ability to pick players like this out. Um, saying that, like Rogic and Hatati and 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 O'Reilly can ping the balls in all day, but you need to make that run, uh, and that's where the big money's spent. And Abad has just been an absolute revelation, and I'm really pleased for him because I've been a big advocate of him in this podcast. He's he went through a bit of a tough time and everybody was slating him and he's played out of position and he's I think he's always tried his best and I think people like sometimes tend to forget he's he's still a young lad. He's moved from a totally different culture, a totally different country. It's not easy to settle in. Plus the turnover in squad, um I think he's settled in unbelievably well and he's hit the ground running and he's I've seen a lot of tweets saying that um He's a player that uh, the Rangers fans believe Kent is, <laughs> and I can't, I can't think of a truer word. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of numbers, I mean, Abada's blowing Kent out of the water, but we're not obviously here to compare players. Abada's our player, and at the moment, he's a very special player. He's keeping a legend like James Forrest out. William, and that's no mean feat, regardless if James Forrest has tailed off or he's declined in terms of pace or whatever, but... I mean, Abad is doing that. And James Forrest, for me, is a big influence probably to him. He's learning from him. And I think it's great to have guys like that around as well, do you not? Definitely. Definitely. And, and Forrest is still... I mean, we touched on it a couple of pods ago that um, he's still got a massive part to play in this club. And he's he's already done... He's already scored important goals for us this year and he, he will continue. But he, his experience is, is, is like what we touched on with Bruno leaving last year. It's a big loss. Um, even in the dressing room. Forrest has been here and done it, won countless trophies season after season. Um, to be his, I wouldn't say that understudy is the right word, but to, to come in and, and learn from him, it's uh, it's invaluable for, for the likes of Abada. Remember the guy's only, what, 19 years old? 20. Crazy. Just turned 20. 20. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it's madness. And obviously there was players involved in the build up, up that, that goal. We'll start with the first one. And that was Greg Taylor with a fantastic pass to Hatate, who opened up the space and played the final ball in. But Greg Taylor is a man who defies many Celtic supporters. I mean, John is the most obvious one, my co-host. But it's not Rangers game. He was a warrior. He, he took so many knocks and he was totally done at the end of the game. I didn't really think he would probably play against Motherwell, but he has, and that's testament to him. I just think he's shown a different side to him as well. He seems to be more up for it, more ready, more physical, and he's playing great balls into the midfield and he's getting used to that inverted wing back row that Anz likes to play definitely and he's like he's, he's fit as a fiddle he's probably one of the fittest guys uh, in the squad uh, I've all you know me I've always been a big fan I think he's he, he, like in that Rangers game nothing surprised me from what he did <laughs> just seen that <laughs> Dan, want to, oh, he yeah, wants Dan, me back in the shed uh, <laughs> uh, Taylor it's, it's, nothing surprised me in that game because he gives that every game. He gives a hundred percent every every game. And he might not be the most talented, like we've said, but uh he'll 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 fight for the shot and he always has done. And uh I'm I'm just so pleased to see that he's actually reaping the plaudits now. And you know what? Um he's maybe before because he didn't have competition, now we're starting to see competition for him with scales and Juranovic has been played in there. Um I'm just so pleased that he's 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 coming good, and well, he's not coming good because I think he has been consistently good. But uh, he's actually getting plaudits now, and I think the gaffer's been the same. He said the same today. He says all the forwards get the uh, all the plaudits, but these guys have been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Greg Taylor for me, like he's he's not flashy, he's not full of pace, he's not full of skills or tricks. But what he does give you is full effort, 
he gives you a passion. And regardless of past allegiances, he's come into Celtic, he's took what it means on. Anz has brought him on further into the club. And I think Anz referred to the fact that he's learning from Cal McGregor and he's become like a leader within the dressing room, which is fantastic to see. I never really thought Greg Taylor would be a leader, but I mean, if he's going to come down that role, then fantastic. And to touch upon Atate, I mean, we've spoke about him since he's come in. Absolutely sensational. The, the way he can find a pass, his intelligence on the ball, running into space, creating opportunities for players that probably only maybe Rodgers and Riley could probably do. He just makes it look absolutely easy, doesn't he? He does. I mean, when he played the first five minutes of his of his debut, I actually said, uh, he's, he's my new hero. He's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, What's wrong with curtains? <laughs> I'd love to have a pair of curtains down here back in the 90s again. He's all uh, about these curtains. I know, I know. I thought he's, he's, he's got everything. He's, I mean, that derby game, he was, the, the highlights of him, chasing the ball back down from a corner and winning a last-ditch tackle, as well as, obviously, the, the plaudits he got for scoring the goals and doing what he's what he'd done going forward. Um, it, like you say, he makes it look... It's, for me, a lot of the time, it's like it's as it, if he's playing in a warm, warm-up. It's like Jota's the same. Mm-hmm. See, when they take control of the ball, it's like so blasé, and he plays a wee five-yard pass as if it's nothing. Uh, the boy's got everything, and the fact that we got him for... I don't even know what we got him for. Snippet 1.3 or something, 1.2, if that. We stole him. <laughs> he's um, it's unbelievable uh, value for money, and the fact that he can't—he's not in the Japanese squad. Their midfield must be unreal, by the way. If he can't even get in the mm-hmm. squad, he's been yeah, in a revelation it's... since he's turned up. Unbelievable. But it do—it just shows you as well, probably people's ignorance towards the J League and the markets. And everyone in the comments section here, Williams, want you back in that shed. I don't—I don't know what that shed is doing to people, but I mean, Hatate. He's quick, and Ange said that he's only match fit, which is actually quite scary to think that. Do you know what I mean? This guy could go up uh, levels even more than he already is. It's it's madness. And then you look at the magician. Tommy Rodzik was back in the team, and we were all waxing lyrical about Matt O'Reilly. Rightly so. Fantastic player. But then Rodzik comes back to William and reminds us all of what we're missing. He absolutely ran the show. Strictly come dancing, was back again. He's just... Uh... Dancing around players for fun. He has been unbelievable this season. He's getting much. He's getting more and more minutes. Uh, he's playing ninety minutes. He looks strong. He looks fresh. He's. I don't know how people. You've got players trying to wrestle him like WWE style to the floor, and he's still. He's still coming away with the ball. I actually thought coming back from international duty, he might struggle to get back in because Hatati and O'Reilly have been. Excellent in the midfield. Really, I thought it was actually unfortunate not to not to start. But I mean, Rogic just put on an absolute masterclass. He, he should have had that. He should have scored at least four, I think. Um, and his his first goal was just. I mean, he did it against. Do, do me a favor. Do, do me a favor. Remind me of a second goal because it's really slipping my mind. It really is. Yeah, uh, a down the wing, cut it back, and he just put it in the far left corner. Yeah. Yes. 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 I remember it now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just Tom Rogic doing Tom Rogic's things, an absolute wizard. And then his interview after the game was probably up there just as good as his performance on the pitch. Oh. What a legend. What legend. did he say? We've been top of, top of the pile for a decade. Uh, the, the, the reporter kind of said something along the lines of, you're top of the pile now. How's it going to feel? Is it going to feel slightly different that you're chasing Rangers rather than, uh, that Rangers are chasing you rather than you chasing them? And Tom Roberts just said, "We've been top of the pile for the last decade, mate. Uh, we know 
the majority of squad know what it's like to be there. They've been doing it for years. Uh, we'll be fine. Don't you worry. I think when teams come up against Rodzik in that type of form, they must be like, we're, we're not getting near him. It's, it's, see, what, what absolutely amazes me, that the fact that he's not the quickest, but he can go by, go by players for fun. There was a point in the first half where he took the ball and it looked like he gave it away with his touch and he just glided past the player and you're like, uh, wow. He's like Federer. Like he Federer on the tennis used to, he doesn't look quick, but he just, like you say, he just glides and floats about and that's what Rogic is like. He's not, he's might not, he doesn't look the quickest, but he just, he like floats about like he's on clouds. It's unbelievable. He's just an absolute magician. It's, what was the people say? His feet are cushions. Where he cushions the ball. It's, it's absolutely sublime. And that goal when he just whipped it into the, the far left-hand corner, Top corner, top bins, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely fantastic. Like, and you, you look at the midfield, right? Man O'Reilly's coming off the bench and he, he made a great difference. He came on again, he was playing passes. I think someone, the, the commentator said in England, he was the most productive midfielder in all top five leagues, which I, I mean, that's amazing. That yeah. And the Celtic scouting team picked him up again for peanuts, 1.5 million pounds. Could you see them two? I know people say Turnbull and Rodgers struggle to play together because of the same type, but Matt O'Reilly probably could, couldn't he? I think so, yeah. I think Matt O'Reilly's got a decent engine in him and he looks like he's, from what I've seen, he looks decent in a tackle and he can go box to box. So um, I don't see why they can't, why they couldn't play together. Uh, we've just got so many good options now. It's unbelievable. I mean, only six, eight weeks ago, we were playing like a front three of uh, Montgomery, Abad up front and Juranovic in the right. And now we've got this plethora of players to come in. And like I said, when you're dropping one out, the next one that's coming in, it's not a drop-off in, in talent because because the squad we've got now is unbelievable. And I think that's one of the major differences between now and maybe when we were struggling a wee bit at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. But um, we're just we're flying now. Everybody's buying into Angie's uh, philosophy. Uh, and no wonder because the, the man's just an absolute dream. Every time he's, he gets a mic thrown in his face, I'm just sitting in awe for 20 minutes, just, just listening, just telling everybody to shut up, listen, and yeah. just speaking. And I love, I just love the fact that he talks, every interview, <clears throat> when he's asked a question, it's, it could be football related, but he, he brings it back to life and how, remember it's people and yeah. persons we're, we're dealing with, it's not, um, <clears throat> it, it, it's just, I. it's just brilliant what he does. I just love the fact that he, he he turns it around and, and makes it personal to us and he, he gets the club and he gets the fans and uh, just what a superhuman being. I think Ross kind of makes a great point there. The, the strength that we've created in the last two transfer <laughs> windows is incredible. I think he's signed a total 14 new players in the space of them two windows and you, you look at the team and as you said, when a player comes out, it's not an automatic drop-off. We all thought Ralston was going to be that but he's come in, he's done fantastically well and he's called upon you look at the bit of feed now, I mean, it's it's jam-packed with absolute star players. Like, Beton could come in in the number six role, do an amazing job. Rodziks, O'Reilly, Hatate, Urugitsi, who hasn't really featured because he got injured. But I know we're going to come on to Mieta to speak about him because he played fantastically well out in the left as well. But I want to come to Cal McGregor. There's been a lot of, like, kind of, not bad, like, people saying bad about him, but obviously you know who I'm referring to, Chris Boyd. Them comments that he made, I know Cal McGregor today said it was kind of put to bed and the, the talk that through and all that kind of thing but even for a pundit to say that when you know uh, uh, he's carrying an injury he's wearing a mask which clearly shows he is and the fact that he comes out and plays he shows his passion for the club and you've got pundits saying stuff like that that's not on is it i uh, know but it doesn't surprise me with the pundit in question uh 
it's sickens me that he's never after my bloody telly. Every time I put it on, um, he's fucking on it. And uh, he was obviously a bit peeved at the result. Uh, and it seems now, I've seen Cal Max at a press conference today and he says that Boyd has reached out and, and realised his choice of words wasn't the best and that's not how he meant it to come across. And he's pretty much, lack of a better phrase, shot the nest and, and, and retreated and and uh, and now he's got his tail between his legs. And Cal Mack being Cal Mack has accepted that and moved on. I don't think it would have been uh, a similar result if it was the other way about and it was uh, said about Mr Boyd himself, but um, <clears throat> shows the class of Cal Mack and uh, he's been unbelievable this year for us and even more so with the mask. Captain Cal Mack is uh, just... The superhero, he's our captain, and he's yep. he's and I, I think if <laughs> as a superhero because ever since he's put that mask on, he's even found an extra <laughs> gear. He's been unbelievable. Oh. I, I'm, I'm, and as soon as I'm going on sale in the club shop, I'll be buying one. Yeah, kicking about the I, I, on. I have to say as well, William. I mean, we're getting loads of interaction in the comments, which is fantastic to see. There's so much conversation going on in them from my curtains to your to your shed. <laughs> People talking about Raphael Sheehy. By the it's, way, it's... the shed, the shed will be. I'll be back in the garage. I just need the broadband <laughs> put in it. It's getting fifty. Don't worry. You don't want to go. I mean, see as well to to note Abada got two assists in that game. Already finished the game with an assist for Mead, and we'll talk about Mead and I. He started on the left. I predicted that in the, the lineup prediction. I mean, not going to say anything about that, but I was closest <laughs> again. And you look at it, and as you said, you can. You can rest Jada effectively. You're still effectively playing with a, a second choice front three. Let's be honest, Kyogo's missing. Jada wasn't playing, all that kind of thing. And then you look at Maeda, another absolute cracker coming from Japan. The speed he's cut. I mean, people must be like, I, there's no way I'm defending him. Your man, Stephen O'Donnell, he had him on toast. And then he obviously gets a go by a fluke. But what I'm loving, what I'm loving seeing, Anz is clearly building a philosophy, which Maeda is a, a big part of. The closing down, the work ethic, the pressing from the front, and he's already scored two goals in three SPFL games. So another cracking player, isn't it? Definitely, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, I, I looked decent on the left, but I thought he was. He looked far better than going through the middle. Actually, in the end, uh, him in behind is. It's so good to have the different options. We've we've got Big Giacomakis, obviously, who's just a big battering ram, and he just he can just fight defenders. But Maeda is that different option where he can get get in behind. And um, to have the options is is just excellent. Uh, he looks a real handful as well. Much of the Kyogo mould, he's looks very unselfish. Just wants to fight for the team as long as the team's getting the result. Another unbelievable signing for peanuts again. Um, and this is what we talked about with the fact that we've got this these guys in now. I think this has been probably our best January window. It's got to have been our best January window ever. Mm-hmm. Getting these guys out, oh yeah, because it's been it, like it's like I said, it's only six weeks ago we were we were sitting discussing the front three of Montgomery, Juranovic, and Abada, and now we've got <laughs> plethora of talent. It's just it's night and day from what we've had, and um, Andrew's philosophy is just it's just relentless, and these guys are just relentless. The fact that we are three and a half at half time every week now, it's like I know. It's, it's it's unbelievable. It's, it's what I mean, Alan's. Um, a reporter said to Alan's, what about Tom Rodgers? Do you want to rest him? And he's like, no, we don't rest during the season. What a response to that. that what an absolute... 
and it, it just points back to that. I know that live um baked up session hasn't happened since, but when he said we don't stop, we never stop. That's his philosophy. It shines through every game. And regardless if it's if it's one nil, two nil, three nil, two one, whatever the score may be, you can see it. You can see them still trying to press, they're still trying to go forward. And you, you, you heart back to last season. That's a far cry from it. I know we have 14 new players. I think it was nine of the starting 11 of the V Rangers was totally different. And then again, points to the testament that what Hans has done, hasn't it? Definitely. To, to have the turnover in players, I mean, we touched on it at the tail end of last season to say that the turnover in players was going to be so much um, that how how is he going to get them to gel quickly, uh, quick enough? How are we going to be moving forward? Uh we were all sitting thinking, well, oh, is the league out of touch this year? And look at us now. We're playing the best football we've played in, even the best football we've played in my generation, possibly. Um, mm. And that's including Roger that, O'Neill's that everything. That, that good. good. The, I've never, ever seen an attacking threat like we have had um, this season. Uh, and it's now, like I said, I think with, as, a, as a team we're defending better. Because we've got that press... Um, there's actually not as and, and the team's buying into it and we've got the players that are, that now that can shoot that system and they do press and they keep going. Um the defending in our own half isn't half as much because of that. We're defending as a unit. There's not as much pressure on Hart and Starfield and CCV. Um mm-hmm. and th- I think that's the big difference between us at the start of the season and now. Um and the Europa I think the Europa League just came three three months too soon for us because I think now we could be giving it a real go. Um, just maybe a bit naive and caught in the counter, but um, I mean, it's night and day um, in the yeah. last two or three months since the guys have came in. Um, you make a great point because we're not even talking about how good the centre backs are because of the way we're playing. It's like we're totally ignoring them, which when we're not really their final part of the team. Starfelt's fantastic, Carter Vickers. We need to sign him up. I mean, that's yeah, that's really obvious. But Joe Finley brought up Jack and Magus. A player that literally, again, slipped my mind. And what a difference I think he's made. I know he had an iffy game where people were saying his touch was bad and there was weird comments saying he shouldn't play for somebody again and stuff like that. But you have to give a guy time. Yeah, I really do. And what I noticed against Rangers and against Motherwell, we've missed that physical presence up top. And I know Kyogo made it. They offer the press. They offer the, the flashy forwards, the skill, the technique, technical side of it. But Jay Mackis gets stuck in. He really does. It, defenders can't get round him. He shields him off. He's been absolutely fantastic since he's come into the team, and that's after his injuries as well. Definitely, you know me. I've been a big advocate for him, and I think um, he, he's going to score goals in this side. I think that's the only thing that's probably lacking slightly now is his goal. But his work ethic and and just to have that other option, like I said, Maeda and Kyogo are these are ones that, 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 that like, like to get in behind. Jukamakis is another option. Uh, and he is, he is he's perfect for like uh, for like Hearts at Tynecastle as well. He was brilliant. Mm-hmm. He wrestled the two centre halves um, uh, against Motherwell. I thought he was really unfortunate. There was a few fouls given against him, and I was it was there were never fouls against him. If anything, there were fouls on him. Uh, and you can tell he's he's really working his socks off. I think he said at the Alloa game when he came back and scored, he says this is the start of my season now because I've had my injuries. And boys, absolutely hit the ground running. He's been absolutely superb. He's a, he's just a he's a big bustler. My grandma would describe a physical forward as a bustler. Someone who gets Aye, he's stuck good, in. He's, he's good with his feet in that as well. By the way, it's, it's very under. Like, I don't want that to get underrated. He's good at taking the ball in, and he, he, he's very good with his feet. He just needs a few, um, a few more goals, and he's he's 
he's an absolute steal again. Uh, and he, he's, yeah. I know he's capable of scoring goals because he did it in the Dutch league. He was a top goal scorer, wasn't he, last season? And um, yeah. if he gets in that six-yard box with, we talked about it earlier, the the distribution of Hatati and O'Reilly and Rogic's and Abadas, he's going to score a barrel of the goals as well. It's so oh, good to I, have these options. I mean, being the top goal scorer in the Eredivisie for a team that got relegated, it's no, it's no mean feat. And I think... Jed Thomas here brings up a group a group point. Joe Hart, again, what an absolute bargain basement signing of a former English international, won Premier Leagues. And I always heart back to it. I didn't like him at all before he came to Celtic. Obviously, outside perceptions can kind of blind you in what they expect. But Joe Hart's come in. He's embodied everything to do with Celtic Football Club. You always see him and Cal McGregor talking. He's always the first up the hands when there's a break in play to get instructions how to finish out a game. And I think Jed's, Jed Thomas right again. The influence he has is on the senior players, I think, too, because of the experience at the top level and the young guys coming through, it's second to none, isn't it? Definitely. We're doing Jed. Uh, <laughs> he's been unreal off the pitch as well as on the pitch. His, his leadership qualities are there to be seen. I mean, he's he's done everything. Uh, this is why it railed me up to um, the transfer window when I don't want you to hack on about them anymore, but when Boyd said Ramsey's the um, biggest signing since Gascoigne. Well, Joe Hart's been there and done it and seen more than Alan Ramsey has and has more medals than that man has. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's ridiculous that he, he's, he's not had the fanfare that other types of players have because he's done everything in the game. And the amount of cap, he's got nearly 100 caps for England as well, is he not? 80 yeah. caps or something? Seven, I think it's like 70-something. What, like, what, what a career he's had. And he, he's another one that's came in and just totally bought into what the club is and what it's all about. If... Uh, if nothing shows you that then it's him at Alwa bringing the young girl on the pitch and taking selfies and making sure she's got a picture of her favourite player mm-hmm. Jota that's what it's all about and uh, yep. he's he's a future manager for sure he's he's absolute steal again um, what a signing what a signing there's definitely no, no words <coughs> about Joe Hart that, that's for sure and I mean, the first thing I got, <coughs> what I done, your cough's contagious, thanks for the screen. The, the, the first thing I done today when, when I got home was put on the Posse Cognitive interview, and he said something really interesting again, as he always does. Someone, I can't remember the question, someone's going to obviously correct me in the in the chat, by all means do it, because I want to know what the question was, but he, he replied something like this. He, he said that he's not just the manager of Celtic Football Club, he's the manager of everything around it, everything that involves the club, whether it be fans, players, togetherness. And this guy... And, and it's hard not to talk about him. He's the, he's the guy that's doing all this. Let's be fair about it. He's the man that's brought this team together. And we're team together is a big thing. Was non-existent last season. Players went in the way. Anz Postacoglu has brought in 14 players from around the continent. Japan, Portugal, down south, wherever it may be. And they've come in. And I think who embodies it the most is Ranovitz. He seems to be pals of everybody. He does run the boat, <laughs> belly, belly flapping them and <laughs> high-fiving them and... That, to me, makes the bond between the players and the fans so much more like meaningful, knowing that the players are together throughout this as well. Absolutely. He's just... He, he has a be-all and end-all of what's happening at the moment. Um, he's been superb. Even man. Uh, Even Martin. He's... Every time he's in an interview, like I always say in this podcast, I'd hate to be his wife because you're never winning an argument with him. He's always got to come back. He's always got something to say. And he always knows the right thing to say. We've we've had highs and lows over the last few months, and he's he's always been right there with the right thing to say. And the fact that he's talking about um, us as a club, not just the team manager, as in supporters, staff, uh, the family, um, it's 
I mean, just inject it in my veins. Stop it, and you just need, you need to stop it because it's just too much now. Uh, and I mean, in the summer we were all screaming for a certain Mister Howe to come in and take over a club. And by all accounts, it sounds like he wouldn't come because you couldn't get certain staff members in or whatever, and just mm-hmm. flown pretty much the, the length of the whole earth, the world, on his own with no staff, taking a backroom staff that we had that everybody thought was an absolute broken mess, um, turned around a full squad, pretty much on his own in a new country, and he's he's done it all as humble as you can be. He's uh, a proper gentleman, um, and he just oozes absolute class. And that how deal breaking down could be the greatest thing that's ever happened in this club. Oh, hundred <clears throat> percent. I mean, we t- we talked about it last week after the game against Rangers. We were all ignorant of the fact of Postecoglou, and we have the minute. There's so many, whether it be Celtic podcasts, Celtic news articles, pundits as well. They have to look back and be like, what I said there was embarrassing. I include myself in that. I listened back to one of our podcasts, William, when Pasta Cogley was being rumoured, just rumoured. And the things we were saying was just like, oh my. So, you, you, you look at it now, and this guy has brought the support together, the team together. And you look at it, and we touched upon the start of the podcast. I'm going to put you on the spot. What would be your first choice midfield? Because the guys he's brought in, yeah, I can't oh, pick between them. If you had to do it, come on, give us something here. See, the thing is, I've seen a lot of these going about the be- your best first 11s, and, and everybody's forgotten about David Turnbull, uh, which is, this is the guy that carried us for the last six months of last season. Um, <clears throat> saying that, I probably wouldn't have him in my first 11, but uh, just to have the options is unbelievable. I mean, it, with the, the way Ange plays, he's... He's going to need a full squad to rotate, um, and to have all these guys in is is just. It's, I, I'm glad I don't need to make the choice. I mean, Kalmak's going to be your starter every week. Um, Hatati's just Francis. Hattie's Francis is right in. Hmm. Aye, I wouldn't be. O'Reilly is. You're dropping O'Reilly in there though as well. It's a difficult one. I'm not making the choice. I'm not the gaffer. So put me on the spot all you want. But, I mean, this is what Anne's craved, isn't it? We, we, we talked about it. He wanted to rotate. He couldn't rotate early in the season. We were we were playing players who eventually became injured. Fitness was a big issue. Now we can choose between, and effectively, if you bring it already for Rodzik, you're not complaining. Turnbull's going to be back soon. Another cracking player. McGregor beat Tom for number six row. Hatate in there. Urugiti's in there. And if you want to go further down the list, James McCarthy, Sorrow, they're all floating about. So that's what he's craving, isn't it? This is um, this is what we all want. I mean, I remember just before the break, we talked about how that coming into these games that the Japan and Australia were going to call up um, Rogic and Kyogo wasn't. We didn't know if he was injured at the time or not, but he would be going away with Japan. And I remember being on a podcast and saying, "We cannot not have Kyogo and Rogic in that starting lineup in the derby game." Because we won't win the game, we're, we're just we're, there's not enough depth in the squad. How wrong was I? <laughs> <laughs> that's our mate Joe Finley. That's brilliant, mate. Yes, Joe. Yes, Joe. <laughs> um, and uh, 
Your good friend Russell Boyce was on the show and we were talking about the window and he hit the nail on the head. He said you, you want players, you don't want players to come in and fill up the squad and he can fill in for you. You want players that are coming in that are going to go straight in the eleven. I'm going to get I'm wanting that shot. I'm I'm playing number eight, no not and, and competing. And that's that's what's sadly lacked, and I've said it countless times on this podcast. Last year, last season, O'Neill Lennon, I talk about the the whole Alex Ferguson when he he could see the <laughs> he could see that uh, Alex Ferguson see when a team was was starting to get on the decline. There's no competition for places. He would move big players on, and we didn't do that. Lennon came in and just thought, well, it's what it's no broken, so. Um, I'm not going to try and fix anything. We've won four trebles in a trot, and it just kind of got lackadaisical. Everybody, these guys came up. Edward was well off the pace for months, but he knew yep. he was playing. He knew he was starting every week because he never had anybody pushing him. And uh, this is the reason the squad's so vibrant. And <laughs> trust for us, Ross, you're a bad man. Second, second funniest in the podcast. Well done. Uh, and the squad depth's just. Frightening now. You, you wouldn't be you see tomorrow see tomorrow night in the game. Doesn't matter what midfield three is going to go with for me. I'm happy with any of it because they're all absolutely electric now. And that speaks volumes for the for the window we've had. It does. It really does. And I think you're you're right to go back to that point Russell made. If he's Watson, hello Russell, big fan of the show. And <clears throat> you look at the fact players are coming into into our squad night, the step up, there's no drop, and that's fantastic to see. And you could talk about it all night. You really could, because even from defence, Greg Taylor, Liam Scales, you've got your Alifice Ralston, Wells can come in. Do you know what I mean? All these players can can make a difference. And we're going to look ahead now to the game against Aberdeen on tomorrow. Yes, yeah, tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking down at the calendar going, it's tomorrow. But before we actually get into the game, one thing that's really pissing me off, to be honest, is the TV coverage that Scottish football is getting. Uh, Yet again... This, foot, this football match isn't being covered. It's probably one of the biggest games in the calendar, bar maybe Hearts and, and Rangers. We're going to have to pay another fee of probably £13 from their channel to, to watch it. It's an absolute disgrace, isn't it? Yeah, I just, I'm just hoping BT or, or whoever else comes back in, or even Amazon or whatever, come back in because it is, it's a crime. And the only reason that the games were on at the weekend was no doubt because English was English games were FA Cup, so they didn't have any Premier League yeah. games to show. Um, like I said, it's crazy. They don't care about the derby games, and that's it. That's why they pay the big bucks just to get that. Um, <laughs> here we go. I mean, we these comments of and, these uh, comments uh, about Hatate are hilarious. I just, I just thought we're just regurgitating all of Chuck Norris's best phrases. I <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the TV coverage is up. I mean, BT done it well. And I mean, they still do a show, the BT Sport Extra, and there's still um, Chris Sutton, McCoyst, and Daryl Curry. And that's probably a better watch than most of the coverage the Sky even attempt to put out. And as you said, they're only interested in one game. And you're right, the reason that game was on at the weekend because the FA Cup games were on. Simple as. Otherwise, it'd be Sky Sports made a fan, Preston V, whoever, whoever fucking Preston's V is, and let's be honest, you know what I mean? That's, that's the uh, way it usually goes. See, see when I was on before, we, uh, was it BT Sport? With, um, it was BT um, Sport with, uh, with Sutton and Cregan and McCoy. Yes, and, yeah, yeah. And and they had a weekly SBL show, and it was brilliant. They still do. They still do. It's far yeah. better than us. We get we get absolutely nothing on Sky. Absolutely nothing. It, and then when when the so panels of the commentary so commentary team, you're like, oh, <laughs> come on, man, come uh, on. Uh, well, look at Chris the game. Boyd's I mean, we're, week. 
as I mean, I thought at least yeah, after I'm that comment, he he wouldn't be on the the panel for at least one game. But he's there front and center as always. And it's yeah, like, they bought She's uh, on my five list for the wife that I'm allowed to if, if I ever meet in my lift room. <laughs> so, Ailey, you ever want to meet in the STV lift in Glasgow, whatever, just use it. Uh, you can only dream, mate. But uh, you, you, look, you, you look at it as well. I mean, Sky Sports, they need to be stripped of the rights. That, that That's more than obvious. This, Scottish football as a brand deserves more than that. And I think Amazon's actually a great pick if they do a pay-per-view service. I'll be all for that, but we'll never know. We'll see in the future. We'll look ahead to this game. We're coming in. Two great wins against Rangers from Motherwell. Two clean sheets. Two fantastic performances. Aberdeen, they've been beat. Well, they're not having won a game in their last three. They've been beat by St. Mirren, Drew, Ross County, and they got beat by Livingston. And again, there seems to be a lot of heat on Stephen Glass at Aberdeen. And going into, into this game, Postacol knew something up perfectly in his press conference. He doesn't really pay attention to like results beforehand. He focuses on that game. And Pataudry, as we said about Fair Park, it's another one that Celtic need to take care of. Definitely. I don't think there's too much to... The way we are flying, um, I, I wouldn't be too afraid of, of, of what Aberdeen are doing at the moment. I don't think they're... To what I've seen them this year, I've watched them a few times, and I don't think they've looked great going forward. I think Ramirez has been pretty much, I think I said that in the last time we were facing him. If we nullify, if we nullify him, I think he's the biggest threat and only threat, to be honest with you, other than set pieces. And, <clears throat> and obviously, to watch the likes of Ferguson and, and, and the wingers and Hayes and stuff. But the way we are going the now, I can't see anybody stopping us. I think um, who was on Sky Sports with Boyd at the weekend, old Christmas, Alex Neal. He said it himself. Mm-hmm. He said, um, I think they're unplayable at the moment. He says that he, he says that he thinks that teams are coming in against us and thinking, I'll take 2 0 now before we even kick off. <laughs> and I think that's how teams are feeling about us at the moment. And I think the, the fear factor is properly back. And that's not just at Celtic Park, that's home away, neutral venues. Doesn't matter. I think teams are going in terrified of us now and the, the, yeah. the pace and the pressing and the, how electric we are. And so they should be because the, the, the football's frightening and I, I can't see anything but a win for us tomorrow night. I I mean, everyone in the comment tends to agree with you. If, if John's alluding to the fact teams always step up against us, but if we play well, we'll win. Ross has said the same thing. The only obviously concern you have is you go in, become a wee bit complacent. Not that I'm saying it will happen, but it's always a possibility. Aberdeen do have a great squad, let's be honest. I mean, Scott Brown, our former captain's the linchpin on that team. And then as you said, Ramirez, another good centre-forward player, and they've got Adam Montgomery. And I want to, before we move on to the lineup and score predictions, Daniel breaks up, brings a great point here. Mickey Johnson, he never got his loan move, which I thought was a bit, bit maybe a bit of a, a bad thing for him. I thought he would have wanted out to play first team football. He hasn't really been involved in the bench. I know he was on the bench in the weekend, I'm pretty sure, but he hasn't really come on again for cameos. What's your thoughts on his future at Celtic? I don't think he's got one, if I'm being honest. Um, I think a loan move would have been perfect for him. Was he injured again? Is that the reason he's not? I think he, pe- I think he picked up an, <coughs> a slight knock, but he's back in training. Um, with the depth of squad we've got now, um, he's never ever getting in that first eleven. Uh, it looks like if Jota's not in and in the left, Maeda looks like he's the next next choice in there. I know Kyogo can play there as well. Um, we've touched on it before. He, I mean, in glimpses, he looks like a player, and he, he's shown shown at glimpses in the past but he's been far too injury prone I, I don't see a future for him if I'm being honest with you um, 
especially if he has if he's got legs like Twiglets, then this this um this high intensity pressing game is not going to be for him, is it? To be fair, and um, I think if you're looking at the squad and you're looking at the positions he plays in, he's pretty pretty low down in the pecking order. To be fair, <coughs> the thing that the thing the thing that the thing that bothers me the most, and though we're all coughing in here, Dave, we've got oh, the Alps past the Cognou oh, cough. It's contagious. Weekend, man. Still yeah. dying. I mean. The, the thing that bugs me the most about Maggie Johnson, you can see his potential. And I know people are going, why are we, talk, why are we talking about Maggie Johnson? But Daniel brought up a great point, to be fair. He should have had the loan move, and everyone's agreeing in the comments that he should have. And you think the likes of Jada coming in, Mieta coming in, he'd be like, right, I need to get out here, prove myself again. And we spoke about it before, William. The Ryan Christie effect, again, another bad word among Celtic support. He's not having a good... He's not having a good time down in Bournemouth, is he? He got put out by Bournemouth in the FA Cup. Love it. But... You, you need that type of player to come out, get his game time, get bulked up, or whatever he needs to do, and come back and try again at least one more time. But he doesn't seem to be grasping up the, them opportunities, does he? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would, I wouldn't like to comment if I don't know the ins and outs. It might be that, that nobody wants him. I'm sure that he would. He would Premier League clubs, as in Scottish Premier League clubs, would be having a sniff at him because he, he has obviously a talent. But he's he, he's he's just it's as if you buy a jot off, off wish. He's just nowhere near good enough um, and now like I say with the plethora of talent that we've got but I hear what you're saying about him going away and coming back because Christy did do that and he was an absolute animal when he came back and by the way I still mm. don't understand that Christy move because oh. I think I think this team and, and this <coughs> Andrew style suits him absolutely down to a tee because he had an engine for days he would he would press and close down and, and he's got goals and assists in him so um, but fair play what's he going to do and play in front of him about eight thousand a week, um, and get knocked at a couple of Bournemouth. So maybe, maybe just wants, maybe just some long walks in the park. You never know. But we'll look, we'll look at the score lineup predictions. This, this is again difficult. Anyone in the comments wants to chip in, I'll bring it up as well. So give me your lineup predictions and your scores. Well, I was going to say come to yourself first, William, but you're only one on. <laughs> look at the team. Look at the team. Uh, no, but what, what, what would be your lineup prediction first? Uh, I think he'll go. I think he'll go strong. This is a this is a tough side, and he, he did rest a couple at the weekend. I think he'll go um, the usual back four and heart and goals. So Juranovic right back and, and Taylor at left. The CCV and Starfelt. The midfield three is the one where it is eh, because he's, he can he can switch and change. And like I said, he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna lose any. T- like talent, like I said, it's not gonna it's not gonna waver. I think he'll probably go with the same three, to be honest with you. He might drop he might take Hatati out and, and put uh, O'Reilly in because Hatati's played Big I know, call. Big I, know call. I know he didn't play a lot of f- football before he came. Was, I think Andrew always says he's been out for a month and he's not fully fit. Um but I wouldn't I'd play the same midfield three. Rogic was electric mm-hmm. at the weekend. And um I would I'd probably drop my head, to be honest with you. I'd, I'd play Jot on the left, Abad on the right, because Abad has been their best player the last three or four weeks. He's got us out of a few holes. Uh, Dundee United, namely, being one. Um, and he just looks like he's going to score or assist every time he steps his foot in the park now. Uh, so I would go with A2 and, and Giacomacus up front. Although saying that, he could go with my head up front, eh, and, and, and yeah. give Giacomacus a rest. But I think... 
Um, who's your centre half? Big Bates and uh, two Bruins. I think he'll put Giacomacchus in for a fight with them. So I yeah. think it'll be I mean, on the same side. John has kind of sparked a wee debate here in the comments, and he said, "Imagine Mera, Kyogo, and Jada leading your front line." I'm assuming he means from left to right here. And Jed came in. Jed Thomas came in and said, "We can't drop a batter." What would you I do agree. in that situation? I because that, that's a real life situation. If all players are fit, would you still go with a batter on the right? hundred percent. He's been our best player the last three, four, five, six weeks. I agree with my big mucker, Jed. Well said, Jed. <laughs> <laughs> well said. And for me, again, guys, anyone who wants to chip in with their lineup predictions, feel free. I'll, I'll show them up. I'll go with Hart. Your lineup has to come back in. I'll go with Carter Fickers, obviously. Starfelt, Taylor, McGregor. Oh, it's hard now. I know what you mean. So I, I know what you mean. <sighs> you so have to play Roddick. Because he has a fantastic record against Aberdeen. And I think he will probably keep that going. Do you bring O'Reilly in for Hatate? I don't know. Especially at that ground. Because you, you need you need pressing. Because they'll come at us. That, that's definitely one that's going to happen. Um, I'll go with Hatate. O'Reilly on the bench again. I'll go Jada on the left. <sighs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, not <coughs> yeah. agrees with me because we're both the two most knowledgeable in the podcast, so he knows what he's talking I'll about. Give over, honestly. <laughs> I'll go Jack and Marcus through the middle and a bat on the right. Um, score prediction again, guys, get involved in the comments. What are, what are you saying, William? I'll go three now, half time. Uh... <laughs> Game over. <laughs> no, I'll go. Th- I'll go three now. Ooh, I'll go. I'll go two nil. I'll, I'll go for a comfy Francis 2-0. He, he loves that wee scoreline. And, I mean, again, I'm going to say I bring this end of the podcast, but I do want to keep talking. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying the interaction from, from the comments. It's fantastic to see. And we're actually coming up to our first year together as a podcast. It's it's madness, isn't it, when we've, we've came this far. This is our first live video. The interaction has been fantastic. We've averaged around 25 to 30 viewers, which is great for us. We really appreciate it, guys. Jed Thomas, a newcomer. Martin, who always watches, Daniel, who always chips in about my curtains. It's just leave the curtains alone, guys. And William's going to be back in the chair. But it's it's fantastic to see the Celtic community just get involved and embrace what what's going on, isn't it? Definitely. I've, I mean, I've every other podcast I usually take a wee moment and say that. I mean, we're just five daft laddies talking about our, our first six love and our six daft laddies uh, talking about our love. Um, and and Glasgow Celtic as much as many others and uh, the fact that we started we started it and we were in a bit of a bad place uh, as a club and we were in lockdown and this was kind of our replacement for going to the pub and, and sitting and discussing with the guys in the pub and, and debating and and uh, it's now became um, a way of life for us and, and the fact that we're almost a year to the day on and we're live on YouTube and there's people it's <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm I'm creating a spin-off show and that's that's mine. I'm doing that. Sounds could I could go either way. That that, that no, I wouldn't go that. I wouldn't open that email. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, aye, the fact that we are where we are now and, and we're, we're going live and stuff on Facebook and I've, I've got I've, I've had people stop me in the shopping centre and say I love the show and stuff like that. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, like I say, if there was only two people listening in, it'd be enough for us. We just do it because we, we enjoy it and it's it's time in our pals to discuss Celtic. But the fact that it's it's growing and everybody's everybody's getting involved, it's it's superb and uh looking forward to 
Um, people commenting much more than a lot of pish that I talk on here. <laughs> I could don't talk pish. I thought you were one of the most knowledgeable per- people on the podcast. Uh, yeah, no, I was just wanting, to, I was just wanting some appreciation for you. That's fine. I got it. Thanks. Yeah, that, that's fine. I got my acceptance. <laughs> don't worry. I, I mean, I'm loving it. I really am, guys, and the people who are. I know it sounds cringy and stuff, but we really do appreciate the support and. Celtic Football Club at the minute are in a great place. As William said, we started this podcast and we were all angry. We're all, oh, get him out, get him out. This team's, this team's going this way, this team's going that way. And look at us now. Look look what a year literally can do. February February 12th, that'll be our year. And it's just fantastic to see William and Posta Coglu. I'll heart back to it. He's done it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, he's getting a Valentine's card for me on Monday anyway. Tell you that for nothing. He's, yep. uh, he's brought back the, the thunder, as we said a few seasons back. Um, and like I say, the relationship between the club and a year ago, the relationship between the club and fans was broken. It was done. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, was broken. We were all sitting talking about it. You guys, the politicians in the pod, like John and Tony, and they, they, like they were slating the board, and, and as we all were. And now we're not happy. New, he's uh, not happy we're going soon. Ah, come on. Wait, come on, eight o'clock. Come back on, in, we're here. Well, in fact, we'll just stay on another half hour. I, I, well, <laughs> 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 nah, but it's it's been a fantastic journey for us. And to be fair, I know the phrase gets banded around. Postal Cogley said it. We're just getting started in the podcast game. And we're, we're growing. It's steady growth, but we're growing. And we appreciate everyone watching. See the big thing about Poster Coughlin that is now as well that I've, I've I've really really noticed he's he's like he's such a humble 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 man easy for me to say, um, and he, I, I think he, he just oozes class and I think he's he, I don't think he's going to go anywhere anytime soon I don't even think if, if big games if big teams are calling he seems loyal and that's why I know you've seen rumours today that. Juranovic is oh, yes. possibly Brilliant a, point. Yes. Juranovic is a transfer target for Leicester. He's not gone anywhere either. They've bought into the club <laughs> and they love it. And why would you want to go elsewhere when Postacoglu has got you playing football that you're playing? He's got you tight knit. I mean, you see, I, I mean, I, I shared a tweet today and it was, it was the best thing I've ever seen, actually. It was Jota coming out of training and the, the caption was, uh, are you got to sign? And he was like, aye. Aye, he's just <laughs> bought any being in Scotland, bought any being in a club, tight knit, tight knit uh, teammates. It's a family. Why would you want to go anywhere else? And I don't think it's going to, I think we're going to be riding a wave for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually a great point. Does the end here about your elephants? And I mean, everyone was going, Why is Rogers up at Celtic Park again? Why is he here? Could you imagine the uproar with him if his last trip to Celtic Park was to take your elephants? Could I you? Ima- I mean, that's I the that's dependent if he stays in the job. Down in Leicester because he's having a wee bit of a sticky patch himself. I think he was interviewed afterwards and he did say, I'm not here scouting or anything. I was just paying my respects to Van Janssen. And so he mm. should. And every time he comes back to the club, in my opinion, he should be applauded for what he done for us anyway. I know it was a yeah. bit sour the way he went, but he brought me the... Up until now, he's brought me the best years I've ever had as a Celtic fan. Yeah. So um, I'm thankful for everything he's done for us. And we usually <laughs> finish on a, a tasty quiz, but since you brought up Rogers and what he done, who will win the a match? The team now or Rogers' peak team in his first season? That's tough. That's tough because we're no, we're not, we're not even started. We're not even began. Get involved in the comments quickly before we end. The team now who, or Rogers' who, peak who, team who, in his, who, who, in his who, first who, season? 
Who would win? You you answer that. Me per- personally, I think this team will win. Uh, I think the I think the high press is just suffocating. I think Rogers had us playing neat neat pre- like a passive football in stages <laughs> and so, so slow build up that. I but a bad would get two, and yeah. and uh, Hatati would get four, so we'd be all right. Yeah, well, answer it though. I answered it. Come on. Yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, going back what, what's your midfield three? I, I um, McGregor, Rodzik, and Hatate. There has to be. I think I think but, that's uh, what I think that's what probably seventy five percent of fans would say at the moment. But O'Reilly's yeah. a baller, man. He's going to come in this squad and he's going to be the future. Yep, he is. He's fantastic. And guys, <laughs> that's that, that, that's each. <laughs> <laughs> that does bring us to the end of our first ever live show and again I just want to appreciate you all thanks for getting involved the interaction has been top notch the banter has been quality so many debates going on in the, co- in the comment section it, it's crazy Daniel said we can't end the show like this Rogers was on bits I don't know what that means that might be Scottish talk here but Joe Finley comes back in Hatati in the midfield himself <laughs> rest the others <laughs> the boy's a machine he's like something out of Terminator uh, He's and he's not, and he's not even fit yet. He's, and then Ian McIntosh is back in. Dan I've told you not to trust him, but so <laughs> it's it's been great interaction. You've been me laugh, made William well laugh, everyone involved. It's been great crack. Have you enjoyed this first ever live show? Uh, it's been brilliant. I thought I wasn't going to make it with the flu, but I'm I'm glad we we're in. And uh, again, just absolutely buzzing to see the next game. I was saying that to you in the group chat at the weekend. This time last year, um. I was watching the games live and then I wouldn't even watch sports scene because I was that upset. And now I'm watching second, the games. Second. I'm, I, now I'm watching the games live and then I'm watching sports, sports scene about 14 times just to watch the highlights all over again. It's so exciting to watch and it's just an absolute blessing. And uh, I just can't wait for us to do it all again tomorrow night. They're really trying to keep this to be a goal here. And just the address, Jay Thomas, he's asking the next live show is. And we're we're planning Jay to doing it at the moment Tuesday and Friday, but I think availability within the podcast this Friday isn't really good, so we're going to try try this Thursday. But we'll keep you updated via social media at Celtic on Twitter. It's all along the ticker tape at the bottom here. So if you give us a follow, you will see. <coughs> There's John, my co-host. And if you hit the wee, Jed. if you hit the wee, if you hit the wee bell on uh, YouTube on your phone, it'll flash up every time our duty go live that night. I'll let you know. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's John. He's a tech guy, although he doesn't own a printer. <laughs> he's more than the, he's more than the tech guy. He's more than the tech guy. Come oh, on, of course he is. And then, he's, a, he's the reason we're doing. He's the reason we're doing all this. Yeah. John's got to be big props. And by the way, if you've not seen yeah. it, go and have a look at the the Vim Janssen tribute. It's absolutely superb, oh, and that was all John's idea. So big props to John. Absolutely, go and have a look at that. Incredible on our YouTube channel. It's not the usual kind of a podcast thing. It's absolutely It's like a show, guys. Just watch it. And Daniel comes in. Yes, we're going to get everyone on the extravaganza again pretty soon. We're going to think of a wee idea to bring that up. And as William said, our spin-off shows are coming back, rewinds are coming back. So we're gonna we're gonna give it a good a good eye whack this year, aren't we, William? Yeah, just like the team. Yeah, hundred percent. And on that note, till Thursday, but we'll let you know. Stay well and keep safe. Heel heel. <laughs>